Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, November 10th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Russia is expanding its budget significantly, Israeli businesses are struggling because of the war, and Spain's Socialist Party announced a contentious deal to form a government. Plus, Paris is rushing to make the Seine River clean enough for Olympic athletes to swim in next summer. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Russia has added at least $37 billion to its budget for this year. That's an almost 12% increase from the original budget. The huge boost in spending is pushing up inflation and weakening Russia's currency, and it highlights how expensive the country's war in Ukraine is becoming. President Vladimir Putin is expected to announce in March that he's running for a sixth term, and an analyst told the FT that some of the additional funding might be used to boost his popularity ahead of that. The war between Israel and Hamas is starting to bite into Israel's economy. Roughly 18% of the country's workforce has either been drafted, relocated, or forced to stay home. Here to talk about how the conflict is disrupting business is the FT's Guy Jazan. He's been covering the conflict from Jerusalem. Hey, Guy. Hi. So five weeks into this conflict, what, what are some of the things impacting Israel's economy? Well, there was a very interesting survey by Israel's Central Bureau of Statistics, uh, which found that one in three businesses had closed or were operating at 20% capacity or less. It's much worse in the south. That is the area that's closest to Gaza. So it's really, you're really seeing a massive economic impact. And do we know which industries have been hit the hardest? All of them, it's really across the board. But uh, one thing that is is really suffering is construction. And that has a very simple reason. The construction industry in Israel relies very heavily on Palestinian workers. And because of security clamped down in the West Bank, they're not able now to uh, come to Israel to work. And a lot of municipalities have, in any case, uh, shut down building sites because they don't want to see Palestinian workers coming into Israel and working on building sites. There's a sort of sense of slight paranoia going on at the moment, and that is affecting construction really badly. It suffered a real slowdown in activity. Now, how is the Israeli government looking to offset some of these losses in the economy, Guy? Well, it presented a sort of aid package uh, initially, and uh, that created a storm of uh, criticism because it was seen as not going far enough It was really uh, just for businesses in the immediate vicinity of Gaza who were bearing the the sort of greatest impact from the rocket attacks and so on. But then I think they realized that far more people are going to be affected. So the pressure was on the government to increase the scope of the compensation as well. And they've done that. But the main criticism or one of them is that it doesn't compensate big companies. The focus is mainly on sort of small and medium-sized enterprises and um, the big industrial companies are also suffering. Yeah, the stimulus measure, though, it seems like it's focused on the short term. What happens if the war drags on? Well, one of the things that's quite interesting is that um, uh, there was a letter signed by 300 economists a few days ago uh, directly to the government where they appealed 
to Netanyahu and the government to rethink their spending priorities completely. This government is very unusual. It's the most far-right government in Israel's history. And they have been earmarked a lot of money for various programs, like, for example, increasing religious observance among students and school pupils, that kind of thing. And the economists say all that has got to go now. We've got to have a a laser-like focus on the real priorities, which is sort of Israel's security and reinforcing the state's resilience, that kind of thing. And uh, so far, there's been no response to that. The government is sticking to its guns. But I think the longer this war continues, the greater the pressure there'll be on the government to certainly reprioritize spending uh, programs. That's the FT's Guy Chazan. He's been covering the Israel-Hamas war from Jerusalem. Thank you, Guy. Thank you. Spain has been in political limbo since an inconclusive election in July. That limbo looks like it's about to come to an end. Spain's ruling Socialist Party agreed to a controversial deal with Catalan separatists yesterday. It'll give amnesty to hundreds of people who were involved in a failed and illegal referendum for Catalan independence six years ago. In exchange, the Together for Catalonia Party will support the current Socialist Prime Minister, Pedro Sanchez. That paves the way for Sanchez to secure another term in office. Now, opponents are accusing Sanchez of trashing the rule of law. Just the prospect of a deal triggered several nights of protests this past week outside the headquarters of the Socialist Party. The Seine River is scheduled to be the site for multiple swimming events during next year's Paris Olympics. There's one problem, though. The river is filthy. Swimming in it has been illegal since the 1920s, because when the city's sewer system overflows, it goes right into the Seine. But the city is determined to clean it up in time for the games. Here to explain is the FT's Paris Bureau Chief, Leila Aboud. Hi, Leila. Hey. So, Leila, talk to me a little bit about the river. What's its place in Parisian society and culture? I mean, the Seine River is the heart of the city. Uh, Any tourist who comes to visit Paris will take what's called a bateau mouche, which are the boats that cruise up and down the Seine. I did one of those. Yes, everybody does it. It's touristy and lovely. I've done it many times and I enjoy it even after all these years. And, you know, historically, the old, old ancient Paris was founded on the river. And in the modern era, it's also kind of a gross, mucky, brown thing. Although, to be fair, in the intro, you said it was filthy. It's actually gotten much cleaner in the past uh, few decades as they've sort of done various infrastructure projects in order to clean it up. So it's better than it was before. I'm glad you brought that up because the cleanup efforts are a big part of what's going into the lead up to the games for the swimming events that I mentioned. How have those been going? Pretty well. I mean, remarkably, the infrastructure projects they have to do to clean up the Seine, there's about five really big ones in and around Paris. And they include building new water treatment plants, these sort of crazy pumps and tunnel systems. And then there's one sort of cornerstone to the project, which is building this massive storage tank for water. It's this sort of cavernous space about 10 stories deep in the ground. It's almost as if they've they've built sort of an inverted building that will capture the rain and sewage when it rains a lot to prevent it from running into the Seine. So walk me through it just so I understand. Why is it so difficult to clean the river itself? So it turns out that when it rains a lot, the sewer system under our feet is basically made up of one set of pipes. And when it gets too full, you have a choice. Do you flood the streets, 
Or do you use the water body of water that the city has sitting right there in order to empty it, in order to prevent the streets from getting flooded? Rome does this, London does this. There's a lot of cities that do it. It's just that we don't really think about it because the engineers made the choice to pollute the river as opposed to making us walk around and muck. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> which, is, which I think might be the, the, the right decision, it, right? It seems I mean, to me the right decision. Uh, so obviously all these projects, there's a lot of them and they're pretty expensive. And it's basically the arrival of the Olympics that gave them the means to put in. And it's going to cost about 1.4 billion euros for the five big infrastructure projects needed to make this happen. So considering that they're, they're putting so much time and effort and they're doing it on such a quick timeline, do you think that they'll be able to keep the river open for swimming after the Olympics? Would people even want to swim in it? I mean, the goal is to have 20 swimming spots along the Seine River in Paris and in the suburbs by 2025. The Paris mayor's office has really built this whole effort as one of the lasting legacies that the Olympics will leave for, for residents. Now, when, when I talk to people in my circle and even myself, like I'm not super e eager to jump into the Seine. It's gross. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, maybe our perceptions of that will evolve over time. But, I mean, overall, I think it is something that could benefit you know, residents of Paris, if if and when we all get over our fear of the sun. I'll tell you what, in 2025, I'll take a dip if you take a dip. I mean, yeah, let's do it. If it's really hot, I might get desperate, so. <laughs> I'll see you then. Layla Boot is the FT's Paris Bureau Chief. Thanks, Layla. Thank you. You can read more on all of these stories at ft.com for free when you click the links in our show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Kasha Broussalian, Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our engineers, Monica Lopez. We had help this week from Safia Ahmed, Joanna Gao, Sam Giovinco, David De Silva, Michael Lello, Peter Barber, and Gavin Coleman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio. And our theme song is by Metaphor Music. This is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.